Hi, I'm Greg Rockefeller. I'm Beth Rockefeller. And I'm Mia Rockefeller, and this is Reading with the Rockefellers, a family YA book club podcast. Today we'll be discussing Glass Sword, the second book in the Red Queen series by Victoria Aveyard. So grab a copy and join us on this literary journey. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 16 of Reading with the Rockefellers. This is Glass Sword, Chapter 17. Kalorn doesn't even wait like a moment after she says, kill me, until he grabs her yeah, and like hugs her. Yeah, her. like her eyes open like, and he's just like... Kalorn is like right there and grabs her. Just like... Whoosh, squashes her. It, it reminds me of when I would be gone for some reason... And I would come back home, and Grant would be here, and I would just get, like, crushed. Just completely mauled, yeah. Yeah. It's like, do I have to, like, pry you off of me with a crowbar? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. But she flinches because she, the last, you know, human contact that she had was... Maybe. Searing, grinding pain. So this right. is obviously, she's expecting pain. And I'm sure it does hurt when he grabs her and like you know hugs her so hard. But right. Like it feels like her bones are about to break. I, I felt that before. Yeah. Like, stop. Thanks. She <laughs> just agree? needs somebody to tell her that it's going to be okay. You know, even if it's not, sometimes you just need somebody to tell you it's yeah, going to be okay. It's going to be and fine. Everything there's is fine. And there's Kawan, of course. And then when this is all over, she'll be like, gee, thanks, buddy. <laughs> well, because yeah. it's not just Kaloran at this point that's there with her. Yeah, she hears Swole Cow, too, say in his beefy voice. <laughs> Basically to, like, give her some space, you know, get out of her face. Dude, gotta... Again, very similar to Grant. Yes. Grant, get out of her face. (laughs) What is the beefy voice? Why did, when you said beefy voice, why did immediately Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice (laughs) pop into my head? That's a pretty beefy one. (laughs) Andre the Giant, maybe? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Cal's voice is quite that deep, but... But, like, the voice of someone that... Beefy. There's, yeah. there's some beef there. Should we say beef a few more times? Beef. beef. It's what's for dinner. So, <laughs> let's, let's get back to the story. In conclusion, beef. 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 So, Swole Cow and Kaloran are kind of like getting along. And it's tripping Mary. <laughs> yeah, because she's like. Uh, how have they gotten this close only in a couple of hours? Right. You know, oh, I know that they sat here and, like, bonded over me being passed out or whatever, but how are they this close when I've only been asleep a couple hours? And they're in some kind of, like, 
bunker type of a situation. Like yeah. Oh, yeah, hobbit hole type thing. Yeah. You know, it's all earthy and whatnot. And Mare can't feel any electricity at all. So either she's been short-circuited or there's no electricity right. here. Yes. Yeah. She just guesses that there's no electricity here. She feels underground. And everything is like pinkish when she looks around. Like everything has this pink tint to it. She can't figure that out either. That's weird. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So there's some weird stuff going on when she first wakes up. And then she notices that the sun is setting. And she's like, oh, great. The day is over. We lost. Wolliver is dead. Ada is probably dead. Maven knows where we are. Everybody's just completely snowed. We're done. The whole world is over. Yeah. My life is over. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's dead. And then she's it's like, so where, right? She's like, so where's the jet? You know, she might as well get some answers. How did she get here? How long has she been here? And she says this as she tries standing up. And I find it hilarious that both Cal and Cole are not going to be like, no, 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 stay. Yeah, and basically strap her down to her sleeping bag. So she doesn't try to get up again. So Cal explains that they couldn't fly very long in the state that she was in when they got her onto the jet because she was shorting things out. There was so much electricity coming off of her that she was going to like blow the whole electrical system of the jet. Crash the jet. Yeah, so they had to land and take her someplace where she could you know, completely decharge, I guess. Yeah, reboot, reboot yep. something. Yeah, they got her down. Yeah, they got to unplug Mary and plug her back in. <laughs> so, yeah, she's in like a, just a hidey hole. Yeah. Yeah. And Cal says, you opened your eyes, Mayor. That's all that matters to me. Aww. Aww. But she's confused. She's like, why is everybody only flipping out over a couple of hours? Like, I don't understand. They, these two look like they have aged 10 years in a couple of hours. She's just very, very confused. Like, rather, yeah, so worried about her being out for a few hours. Yeah, and then Cal comes over and he grabs her kind of like, you know, by the like neck, lower jaw type area. Real kind of, real kind of strange... Jimmy the Overtouch of the Ordy from Scrubs, kind of. Yeah, very much so. The touch. And, but he starts tracing these lines down her neck, and they branch out, you know, on her neck almost like blood vessels would, you know, have kind of branches off of branches off of branches. And then Cal points out that they look like lightning scars. Yep. So. I think we should call Harry Potter in for a professional <laughs> analysis, but, you know, I'm going to take the word for it. They probably yeah. look like lightning scars. Yeah. Harry confirms it is indeed. Yeah. Lightning scars. She scoots away because she's freaked out, and she tries to stand up and finds that her legs don't necessarily want to hold her up. No. They're yeah. like, no, we, we're we fine. We don't yeah. really want to do that right now. And Kalorn is again we're right taking the there. Day off. Yeah. <laughs> Kalorn is right there to keep her from falling down yeah. again. 
So she asks, you know, what happened in Harbor Bay? Was it Maven? What did he do? You know, she can still see, like, the image of the crown on his head. You know, all of this kind of stuff. Like, she's branded mentally as well as physically with what he did. And she asks also why Kalorn looks so pink. Like what? And he laughs at her, which makes her even more mad. She goes on this whole, like, question rant. Yeah. She yeah. asks, like, five questions in one, like, sentence here somehow. Pretty much. And he, he says, well, you, first of all, we'll start with the easy question. You burst a blood vessel in your eyeball, and that's why everything looks so pink. Yeah. It's not the paint. Right. It's her eyes. And so she's like, you know does the better one, better two, like closes one eye and then closes the other eye. And she's like, oh, okay, well, so I did. You know, only one eye is all oh, messed up. Pink or whatever. But now she has a triple reminder of what Maven did. She has the like scars on her that. neck, the scars in her mind of it, and now and everywhere she looks, everything is pink, and that's because of him, too. Yes. She's very upset yes. about this. As if she needed more things to remind her of Maven, because she can find something about Maven in almost everything she looks at. Exactly. And and now it is literally everything she looks at. Right. And so Cal tells her that Maven slipped into Harbor Bay unnoticed. He didn't bring any pomp and circumstance with him, similar to how we said he would probably do it, just slip in unnoticed kill the first one he could find and set a trap. And, you know, Mare is so, so upset. we called it even though we all knew what happened. Right, but I don't remember this, so. You didn't? I've read it before, but I do not remember much about it, no. Oh, it's been a really long time, and I've read lots of books since then. So I don't remember that much. I don't remember the smaller details about it. But you remember that that was his plan. Did you not? Probably. Subconsciously, maybe. <laughs> I just figure that that would be, from the Maven that I know in the book, that would be what he would probably do. He wouldn't make a big fanfare about it. He probably had to talk Alara out of that. That's what she would have wanted to do, but yes. that wouldn't work. Yes. And so, here Mare goes on a little pity party. Walliver was only 18. He was guilty of nothing except being born different, like her. What kind of power did he wield? What kind of soldier did they just lose? It's like, holy cow, woman, you think you're dead. You wake up. Your two favorite people on the planet are there. And you can find things to gripe about instantaneously. Right. You have don't your, get it. You have your meat shoulder to cry on, and then your beefy boyfriend. What else do you need in life? Exactly. Meat shoulder to cry. I mean, that's pretty much all he is to her. Yeah. And then, so Cal tells them, you know, Maven killed Walliver, set the trap, and then all he had to do was wait, and they would not have gotten out of there if it not for Shade. So it was Shade that got them as usual out of there, as usual. Yes. However, now that means that Maven has seen what Shade, what can, Shade do. can do. And right. now that cover is blown. Right. Now they, I mean, they'll just have to have like a perimeter. They'll have to know that wherever they're, they are, they can 
they'll need to set up perimeters, but they can still get around most of that, but still their cover is blown as far as that part of it goes. Um, and so he did have a concussion, Cal tells her also, that, you know, he when, he bounced his, yeah. when he bounced his head up off the ground, he had a concussion. So he jumped all them on crutches with a concussion, but still got them out and be able to be back to the jet. The legend of shade grows. <laughs> and also the legend of Mare grows, because how she survived that, they're not really sure. Right. This figure that kind of embodies this revolution there is Mare. That's the face of the revolution. Yeah, now she's going to have physical scars on her for it too, you know. Right. And Cal... <laughs> being the big, dumb, hot idiot that he is, <laughs> asks her if it hurt. <laughs> and Colin's like, dude, her first word in four days was kill me. Of course it hurts! Yeah. You big, dumb-dumb. You dumb-dumb. And then he says, of course what that machine did was painful. Right. Mare is instantly like, hold up! There, rewind. We need, yeah, rewind, wind, wind. We need a Hamilton moment here. Rewind, wind. We need to talk about what you just said because none of that makes any sense to her. What machine? And, and also, did you say days? four days? What? Yeah. She is instantly just like really upset. Like four days. I we we lost four days. Maven has four days. Right. Ahead of us, this is ridiculous. She's instantly, of course, because it's Mare, catastrophizing all of this and being like, Maven is going to have killed 90% of the new bloods by now <laughs> because you idiots sat around for four days and didn't do anything except watch me sleep. Because she, she's acting like she's the player and they're all NPCs. Like exactly. She's not there. Not there yeah. There. <laughs> just staring at the wall waiting for Mare to wake up. I have someone to plug in a controller in. <laughs> and, no. and she doesn't even let them explain what they have been doing for the four days. Right. She just it's, instantly jumps to It's just like, please tell me you haven't been sitting here babysitting me. Please tell me you've at least been doing something. Yeah. It's like, girl, they've been keeping you alive. Exactly. Also, Farley built all of this without you ever knowing anyway. <laughs> what makes you think that just because you're out of the equation again, you're going to stop Farley? Because guess what? Right. You're not. No one's <laughs> No. If they didn't have Mare at all, no one would still be stopping Farley. Yes. So, like, in fact, clearly, Farley is not here. In fact, <laughs> where is she? Farley may be freer without Mare there. Yes. Quite, quite possibly, yes. She does like to question her directives and slow them down by constantly second-guessing everything and being a giant downer. Yes, the giant downer part's the real one. Because you'd be like, okay, well, taking her with us does make us much more powerful. But then we have to listen to her. <laughs> right. Yeah, let's move on. Let's <laughs> but then when she does that thing where she, like, starts speaking... Uh. Right. Kalorn tells her that they have been hunting the whole time that she's been asleep, even Nyx, and she's like, 
you know, Nick's, holy cow, really? And Cal says he comes in handy and that he's quite strong and rubs his jaw and there's like a bruise there. So clearly <laughs> there has been some sort of disagreement that needed to be settled by taking it outside between Nick's and Cal over the last couple of days. And they probably just went and slugged it out like a couple of dudes from Letterkenny and then went and had some beers and Everything now they're good. Like... Yeah, they're good now. Could well be. And also that Nix is good at the convincing part. You know, when you send him into a room with somebody, he's pretty good at recruiting them to their yep. team. Yeah. So he's a real calipari this guy. He's good in the living room. And also, so is Ada. Yeah. And Mare's like, Wait, what's that now? We have our third record scratch moment <laughs> in, like, four paragraphs. <laughs> Ada Wallace, the person yeah. who's supposed to be dead, the corpse, is, in good, <laughs> is good in the living room? Like, seriously? Oh, she's is that what you're telling me? Mare, get it out of your head, okay? Great. <laughs> right. She's alive. It's fine. After Krantz skipped custody of the sea skulls, he was able to get to where... She was at the governor's mansion, break in and extract Ada from the governor's mansion before Maven raided it because he knew that she was going to be there. That's where she worked. Right. And so right before he got there, they were able to go in there and get Ada out. So by the time they got back to the jet after finding Wallover and all of that stuff, Nix was already there. With Ada, he'd gone to find her without, yep. like, any direction, really. Yes. So, that was a pretty big way for him to earn their trust. And then Mare's reaction is one of the most Mare Bearer reactions I've ever heard. <laughs> so degrading, and I don't even think she realizes what it. Say? <laughs> she says, Nix is a fisherman and Ada is a housemaid. Neither is ready for such danger." Like, she is mad that they just threw them back to the wolves. Like, we just rescued them, and you have them out there hunting and recruiting other new it's bloods. It's like, what, what did you think was going to happen after we recruited these people? They were just going to, like, chill back at our hideout while we did everything? Yeah, they just go and put them in a room where they all stand there. Yeah. Doing their video game selection screen thing, it's just so waiting ready. to be chosen. Yeah. For our audio-only medium, <laughs> Mia and I are rocking back and forth and waving our hands. You selected the fisherman. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I. She also doesn't like have object permanent. Like, <laughs> she really she doesn't. She was out for four days. They all must have been out for four right. days too, while Maven wasn't. It's like, what are you? I wonder if she understands. It's like Maven was awake for four days, but literally the rest of the country was, was asleep. Right. I wonder if she understands that when somebody plays peekaboo with her, like, they're still <laughs> there. They're just behind their hands. That's how I knew magic exists in this world. Oh, Mayor. So easily amused. So easily amused. Uh, Much Mary like us, Kalorn laughs at all the most inappropriate Correct. times, and it makes Mayor very upset. She gets even more upset. Like, I just... I picture her, okay, so parents that are listening, you know, sometimes you do this with your kids, like, 
you know that there's something, especially when your kids are like three, four, and there's something that they do that's really adorable. But when you call them out on it, it kind of makes them mad. So like you make Mom, them do it and then you me. call them out and then they get mad and then you kind of like call them out for being mad and they get madder <laughs> and you're just like egging them on to get yes. madder because it's cute when they get frustrated. <laughs> no longer cute. <laughs> right. It's no, no longer cute. cute. No, it, it stopped being cute when you're like seven, <laughs> something like that. Like you got loud instead of cute. It was like, whoa, okay, she's mad and loud. Like somebody just make her not be loud anymore. And so, hey, we'll go get my right, exactly. Hey, Mia, let's go to Orange Leaf. Woo! And then she's quiet again. But that is very much like Kalorn. Like, Kalorn just does not know when to not laugh. Yeah. You know, he is, he is kind of egging Mare on and knowing that she's going to get more upset by him laughing at her and stuff. And he's still just standing there laughing at her. Yep. And she's like, what's so funny? Seriously, what are you laughing at? Right. And he's like, I was just thinking about the time that Gisa brought home a duckling. Okay, it seems like the most out of the blue thing. Because she's just like, Mare's something like, funny to you? What? And he's just like, hey, you remember that, that duckling that Gisa brought home? And it's like, what does that have to do with what we're talking about? Why are we reminiscing about Gisa and this duckling right now, Kalorn? I have questions. I need answers. I'm upset. You know, I need to know all of the stuff. No, Kalorn is going to tell the story again about Gisa and this little duck. Right. To the point where everyone is going to be like, is there a point to this, dude? Exactly. So here's the adorableness. When Gisa was about nine, <laughs> she found a duckling and she took it from its mother and brought it home to the house in the stilts and tried to feed it soup and be its new mother. And they're like, Gisa, you can't keep this duck. Like, it's a duck. And then she's like, but I love it, and blah, blah, blah. And the, the mother came, yeah, and it was all had a noise. The mom shows up. She's squawking all over the place. The babies are out there. They're making little baby duck noises. And the duck inside is, like, freaking out as well, too, because it hears its mother outside, and its brothers and sisters, and it wants to go out there and join them. And Gisa's like, blah, 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 and they're like, Gisa, you got to let the duck go. And she doesn't understand why. And so Mare has to explain to her. Because you're not a duck, and you're certainly not their mother. Not this duck's mother. Like, the duck has to be with other ducks. ducks. A human can't raise a duck. And so she's like, Clorn, is there a point to all of this? I don't understand what this has to do with anything. And he says, Nix and Ada are not ducks, and you're not their mother either. Right. They're not ducklings. You're not their mother. So not only do they not need protecting, but you're not the one to protect them. Right. Yeah. They can handle themselves, and even if they needed something, you would not be the one that would be yeah. providing them. That's why right there's your beeswax. Right. Mm -hmm. Both of these people are older than you. <laughs> right. First of all, you also can barely get your own crap together, how are you going to be responsible for all these other people? That's the hilarity of it for me, is the, oh, without me, they're all going to fall apart. Like, really? Without me, why Why? why are they going to be without you? Oh, because you're falling apart again, Mayor? <laughs> exactly. Because you're arguing, because you're stopping to right. complain about something. 
like everything's so much easier with Mare around. Right, not just, at least Farley gets things done. We right. get out of her way and let her let her lead and do things. And actually, Farley would probably just prefer if everybody would get out of her way oh, and let yeah. her do things. Yes. Kalorn makes a joke again, and Mare tries to smile, and she realizes that by smiling, like, it pulls on the skin of her face, which in turn pulls on the skin of her neck, and it and it hurts. So anytime she smiles right. or talks, smiling is painful mouth, now. Yeah, she is hurting. So she's like, oh, wouldn't Maven just love to know that my smile and my talk, my speech are his now, too. He took those from me because I can't smile or talk. Without having pain. I just want to really strangle her in this chapter, guys. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. This one was tough. I was like, would she just shut up? No. Girl, shut up. That must have been like the most productive four days they've ever had. <laughs> and she was oh, unconscious. Yeah. She just got so much done while Mare was not there to run her mouth constantly. She wakes up and like, oh, we already overthrew the government. Yeah, we're in charge now. <laughs> so much done with you out of the alcohol days, man. Maven clocked Maven in the I, face and knocked him out. Like, he, this is all good now. <laughs> Book over. This is it. <laughs> Series like, wrap. Like The Hobbit. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But they he don't show you in the, in the movie. Part. Right. <laughs> Mare asks if... Farley and Shade, who, like we said earlier, are obviously not there, are out with Nix and Ada, and the two dudes nod in unison, which Mare thinks is funny because you hardly couldn't have two more opposite dudes, but both of them seem to be in very, yeah, Calorn. No, seem, don't give right, them like yeah, a, a buddy name. No. Uh, but she says Kalorn is golden-haired and green-eyed, and Cal is dark with a gaze like living fire. So that tells you what you need to know by that description right there. Just what Kalorn looks like, and then, like, Cal's entire being. A gaze of living fire. Or Kalorn has green eyes. Yeah. Kalorn <laughs> has green eyes. Cal's Mr. Tall, Dark, and Handsome over here. Cal is in faces. Smoldering passion. It's right. Like, okay. Exactly. <laughs> writes in like a, you know, soap opera character or romance novel Nearby, leading yeah. man. Yeah, like a Danielle Steele leading man. And Cal adds that Krantz is also there. Yeah, he's here too. It's like, oh, fantastic. Krantz is here. This is great. And, you know, Cal says, like we said, he didn't have anywhere else to go. What this was going to really happen? Shaping up to not be a very good day for her. No. Yeah. She's got to be incredibly confused. You know, all of this is a lot of information coming at her at once. Right. And she's upset. You know, she's like, how can we make sure that we can trust Krantz? You know. Like they need to have you to tell them whether or not they can trust people. Like, like she's in charge of everything. Like, how do we know we can't? Well, you, right. you wouldn't. You may been not be able to. Days. Right, but we've seen what he's done over the right. past time. And and she's like, uh, you don't trust him because he's a thief? You know, it's like, ooh. You know, she's just digging a deeper hole here for herself over and over and over. But she is telling herself in her mind that 
you know, if you misplace your faith in somebody, it comes with a really high cost. So she doesn't want them having anybody in their inner circle that's going to leak information back to where it could get back to Maven or Alara. But that can go both ways. Exactly. Sometimes if you don't put trust in someone that you really should have, it can hurt you just as much. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. It can cost you the one opportunity you had. Now she's curious about what Ada can do. So she's like, tell me about Ada's power, basically. And Cal says he's never seen anything like it before, ever. Right. She has a perfect memory. She remembers every word of every book that she read in the library at the governor's mansion. And Mare's like, that's fantastic. When I need a story later, I'll remember to have her tell me one. Because she doesn't Hello. get it. Kalan's like, like, I told you she wouldn't get it. it. You know, she, <laughs> does, she, she clearly doesn't get it. She wanted to hear that this was somebody that was, like, super strong or could, like, shoot lightning or, like, laser beams out of their eyes or something like that. Right. I don't know what she was expecting. Yeah. But she does not like what they got. And Cal's like, I don't really think that you understand exactly what yeah what this, this is. is. She has a perfect memory, perfect intelligence. Intelligence. She remembers every moment of every day, every face she's ever seen, every word she's ever heard anybody say, every medical journal, every history book, every map she studied. She understands practical lessons. They just show her something once and she remembers how to do it. Like even things she overheard. Yeah. Like she was yeah. eavesdropping. She remembers all she that. She remembers all of that. Mare's like, oh, well, I, you know, if Julian was here, that'd be really great to give him something to do. He'd enjoy studying her, you know, and just filling her with knowledge. And, and then, then she's like, then she stops for a second and she's like, practical lessons, like training? And Cal's like, you know, I mean, I'm not a teacher, but I'm, t- you know, what I remember, I'm trying to pass on to her and she's getting it. She's already a really good shot. And this morning she read the Black Run flight manual. And Mare's like, oh, hold on a second. She can be taught how to fire a gun and now she can fly the jet? Yeah. This so might be something good. Now you have a second pilot. And yeah, they're like, you know, she's already out flying it with them right now. Why else would Cal be here and the jet would be gone if we didn't have somebody else who could fly Right. The jet. And so they're like, until she comes back, which she should be back pretty soon, until she comes back, like, just lay down and rest. This is a lot for you to take in. Again, they're worried that she's going to, like, start to short circuit again. Right. Eat some chicken noodle soup and yeah. take it out. Put some Netflix on, something like that. Put some Netflix on. Watch some Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> just relax. And Kalorn says that somebody had to keep, make sure that Mare kept breathing. Like, that's how close to dying that she was. And that whatever Maven did to her, they can't let that happen. Again. Again. And, you know, she agrees. She's like, I don't want to think about it right now. It's all that stuff's too close to the surface and painful, but... Yeah, you know, we yeah. can't have that happen again. And, uh, you know, she's like, how can he, do, how could he paralyze me so easily, so quickly? 
you know, it's got to be something that they came up with relatively quickly. Right. And Cal says that it's some kind of a sounder device, which is something that they messed with when he was out on the front lines. And it would send out radio waves, and it would wreak havoc with the Lakelander ships. They couldn't communicate, they couldn't navigate, anything like that. Now, it also would do that to their equipment. They couldn't figure out how to scramble just the equipment they wanted. They would scramble all equipment, but they would stay in one place and confuse the Lakelanders. Right, they would be prepared for it. Right, and then they would move back in, you know, once the Lakelanders were all confused and not sure where they were going. So he says that this must be the same, only it's electrical waves that would mess with her inside circuitry, basically. So they modified it, but still the same promise. And she's like, it's only been a few days since the bowl of bones. Like, it's just so crazy how fast he was able to come up with that. And Cal's like, Mayor Maven turned against you long before the bowl of bones. Yes. You don't think Alara was already like... Second one, we need to find a yeah. way to be able to stop whatever she's doing without having to stop everything. Like, it's pretty sobering for her to be right. like, oh, crap, you know, I'm seeing that now that there wasn't ever right. anything that was true. Well, it was like a little, I want to say like a game, but like initially it was almost like, it was surreal for her, the way everything was going and the way, you know what I'm saying? Before the Maven turn and the decapitation, everything was just kind of this and that. Well, sure, and Maven knew that, too, that she was out of her element. Right. She was in this big house where she has food all the time. She doesn't have to worry about that kind of stuff. So she's already disoriented and confused. Right. And he swooped in and was comforting to her and a friend and somebody she thought she could speak to on her exactly what level. She- needed at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like we talked about, you know, Alara, when she had her, went through her mind and found all of her weaknesses and vulnerabilities, and then that's exactly what Maven played towards to get her to trust him and feel comfortable with him. So, of course, she's going to have issues trusting people. I really don't fault her for any of that at all. But she needs to realize that other people can see things from perspective that she can't see always. And that she needs to trust them a little more because of that. Yes. A hundred percent. So he puts his arms around her, all swollen and beefy, and she leans into him, even though back in Tuck, they were like, we're not going to get distracted, you know, to each other, we're nothing but a distraction, and distractions get you killed, so we're going to keep this just you know, like this working relationship or whatever. We're just going to keep it cash. Yeah, but she really needs somebody to hold her, and he's got big, strong arms. So <laughs> she's like, cool. You want to put your arms around me? That's fine. You know, he's he's still there. He's right. come through all of this with her, and he's still here. So it must be something that he's committed to. He's yes. like a like a, like a nice, a nice, a nice beefy... Yeah. Like what it probably feels like when Baymax hugs you, only maybe he's just a little bit more squishy. Like we've said before, this book needs a Baymax. 
Cal wants to know what Maven said to her. And she shows him the brand, first of all. Maven's brand. Yeah. Maven's brand. It sounds like a brand of underwear, like designer underwear. Right. Or like they sell it at your local discount box store. Yeah. Like, hey, pick up some of that Maven's brand ranch dressing yeah, while you're exactly. out. Yeah, like Maven's brand is like the store brand. Right. We're watching those fights. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I won't get on that. Never mind. They were in Nice, France. They were, the guy was from Nice, France. And I was like, oh, look, it's the Walgreens version of France. Walgreens nice! France! <laughs> <laughs> started laughing. Nice, France! <laughs> anyway. Uh, but what he branded her was an M. He drew a big, ragged M on her collarbone. Cal stares at it and basically turns into anger from inside out. Like <laughs> flames just shoot out of the top of his head, practically. He's so, He's mad, so mad with what Maven has done to her. Right. Like, the lightning scars, that could have just been a side effect of the machine, blah, blah, blah. Like, he can rationalize that yeah. away. This is obviously came directly from the hand of Maven yes. to hurt and permanently right. scar Mare. Yes. yes. Well, he now, becomes like a beefy bonfire. Right. And now he can't, like, he can't resell Mare for a good price anymore because she's now, <laughs> everyone's going right. to think she's the Wal- damaged goods. She's the Walgreens version. Of the Lightning Girl. Exactly. Yes. She's going to have to be picked up at the discount outlet. <laughs> right. Like three for a dollar. Damaged goods fell off the back of a truck. Whatever. Maven's brand. You rip the label <laughs> off the can and it's like, I only have to pay 15 cents for this no matter what's in here, right? Because there's no label on it. Yep. That's the marriage yes. Pretty much. It's, it's Maven's brand, Lightning yeah. Girl. She tells Cal Maven said that he was a man of his word and that he would always find me and save me. And she laughs, which I'm sure causes her great pain, but she does it anyway. Because the only person that Maven needs to save her from, in her mind, is himself. Right. So why would Maven want to save her all she needs to be saved from is Maven? I don't think she quite understands just how messed up his brain is. Right. She really doesn't get it. Cal tries to explain. He says, listen, Maven lies as easily as he breathes. It just comes completely naturally. Like, Alara holds the leash ultimately, but what comes out of Maven's mouth is Maven's responsibility, and none of it's ever true. All it does is live to serve Maven's purpose. Yes. You know, he, he chooses his words very carefully, the things that he says, and he says it for a reason, and that reason is because he's basically obsessed with Mare. Yes. Like, he wants to he is possess her and own her. And this is where I have to depart from the shipping Maven and Mare people, and like, he's just so damaged. This is not love. No, this is toxicity. It's, it's very much so. This is obsession. These are the kind of people that if he weren't rich and just a normal dude and she was just a normal girl across the street and he met her and was into her, he would probably end up kidnapping her and, and killing, killing her. her and burying her in his basement. Exactly. I mean, he's a, He would he's just a be sociopath. obsessed with her. Right. And she tells Cal, well, he can't have me. And they both know that that is going to have huge consequences. If Maven can't get what he wants, yep. then he's going to 
basically go berserker mode yeah. and just start killing people. Maven is like a toddler, but if he had power and the ability to set fires. Exactly. He <laughs> <It> really is. <laughs> and Cal is like, well, you know, what if you went back and it stopped all the killing and it saved all the new bloods? Would you do it for that? And she's like, I wouldn't do it for anyone. Yeesh. So that's pretty intense. Yeah. More foreshadowing. She expects Cal to, like, judge her for saying that. That she wouldn't go back to save anybody. But Cal just kind of smirks instead. Like, I think he's proud of her in this moment. That she is standing up and saying that because usually Mayor keeps her word. If she right. says she's going to do or not do something, generally sticks right. to it. Right. So, think, and he doesn't want her to go back and he wants her to stand her ground. And I think he's almost a little bit like instantly angry at himself for asking that question. Yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't think things through, so. No, he really doesn't. So he has to be retroactively angry. Exactly. By the, by the time the thoughts get through to his beefy brain. <laughs> if they're already out of his beefy mouth. mouth. Yeah. He says the only thing that he can think of that's like romantic enough to kind of pull her down off of this precarious ledge that he's put her on. He's like, I thought I was going to lose you. Like, uh-oh, mayday, mayday, <laughs> this conversation's going down. I need to take it someplace else. And then that instantly turns her into where she's like, I thought I was going to lose you, too, so many times. Like, But I'm still here. Yeah. Those he, voices were really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he, he grabs her kind of, like, by the neck, not, like, choking her, but, like... Not choking? Not, not, not choking? Not well, choking her. romance movie-wise, like, like, if humans had gills, where they would be, oh, again, yeah. audio-only medium... <laughs> Putting my hands underneath my jawline onto that side part of your neck. So oh, I yeah. imagine that's where Cal kind of grabs her by, Probably. you know. Yeah. Just like romance movie grabbing. Yeah. Like not. I can't do it to like myself. Grabbing not, her head like he's getting ready to shoot a freak. <laughs> not around her cheeks. Well, but like, like here. Yeah. Again, I only medium. Right. Still weird. <laughs> I mean, sure, yeah, still weird. She wants to pull away because she's like, this is weird. weird. I'm like, where you're touching me? Yeah. I've been touched in that area too many times. I've got scars, yeah, not cool. But she doesn't want Cal to pull away from her. Right, because he's warm and beefy, like his big burrito. She has to fight the urge to flinch, which means that she doesn't flinch. Right, so that's adding one and taking one away. So we so are, we are neutral. <laughs> For flinch count this chapter. Flinch count's really been suffering the last few chapters. Yes. There's not a lot of flinching. Or maybe we just on. haven't been bringing them up. Nope, I've been keeping track. There's no flinching. We've had a couple mutters, but no flinching. Mm. Fascinating. Absolutely, Absolutely fascinating. fascinating. Oh, you should have finished it. It would have been so great. <laughs> I started laughing. Here's where Mare launches into a real Mare bummer diatribe. In her mind. Are you guys ready to hear the most Mare Barrow inner monologue ever? Yeah. She's been running for so long, even before the palace, so she didn't have to feel what was going through her. She's always felt this emptiness. She's always been running. Now she's still running, 
from those who would love her and kill her. She doesn't, she's running from everybody and everything. And all she wants to do is just stop running and have somebody not get hurt or die. But that doesn't happen. Every time she stops, somebody gets hurt or somebody dies. So she has to just keep running to save people. She has to hurt herself to save herself. She has to hurt others to save others. It's very, um, he rapes, but he saves from the Dave Chappelle thing. Like, sure, she has to keep on going, but eventually it's going to save people, right? 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 Right. Right. Girl, oh, damn. And then she's like, you know, all these people stupid enough to follow me? I'm making them runners, too. Right. Girl, like every day, yeah. Like every day that I don't, we don't find someone, someone dies. Right. Well, guess what? Every day you do find someone, someone Someone dies. Just like that person. (laughs) You were out for four days. We got so much accomplished. It's clear that some of this can go on without you, and that you are not the make and break of this operation. Because it's all about Mayor. It's not about Reds everywhere. It's not about struggle of a civilization of people trying to assert their independence about mayor. Right. Let's all get understand that. Right. It's like in Glee. It's not about the Glee Club or, any, or anyone. It's about Rachel Berry. It's yeah. about Rachel Berry. Cal leans a little more towards her and kind of shows that maybe there's a little bit of his brother in him too because he says exactly what she needs to hear. And he says... So we fight him, you know, like we go together. It's what we set out to do, so we do it. We build an army and we kill him, him and his mother both. And she... Down with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, reiterating that this is what we said we were going to do, so let's do it. Let's get it done. And she doesn't tell him that she thinks that if they kill Maven, they'll just replace him with another king. But... It is a start. It, Killing Maven is a start. It, the, that king won't be Maven. Right. They can't outrun Maven, so they have to stop him cold. You know, they got to meet him where he's at and stop him. And this is where Mare really starts to uh, over-inflate her self-importance. Yes. And oh, this starts... is when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. This is when she really starts scaring me. A exactly. Bit. It's like ah, she is very, very unstable. I don't. Should we really yeah. be giving her this much power? Exactly. And In her mind, she is nothing more than a weapon made of flesh to kill a king and end the bloody reign before it even starts. She has no other purpose on this earth except to kill Maven at this point. <laughs> And Cal says that he'll never let him hurt her again. And she's like, I know, just totally <laughs> lying to you. him. Yeah. Totally lying to him. And then all of a sudden they're kissing. <laughs> Did anybody else was just like, what? What? Now you're kissing? Like, I don't. I, you go from like. Is Kalorn still getting you water? I don't understand. <laughs> Did he have to go to the spring to get the water? (laughs) He had to wait for it to rain. I guess. It's like in Survivor, you have to hide two miles into the jungle to get the water. He's got to boil it. He's got to boil it. No, he didn't know where the water was, so he was like, I'm going to 
skincare tips outside before wandering we get to that. around. Yeah, <laughs> maybe some of these people are NPCs when Mare's Corn's <laughs> just outside up against a tree, like just walking into it. He's, his AI is off a little bit, so he's just like walking and glitching. She's a bit, bit, she bit, doesn't bit. care anymore because she's having fun with yeah, the cow. She's making out with cow now, so it's like in uh, uh. Free guy when that one NPC was just constantly like jumping on the flagpole thing outside the building and it would just bounce up and down and like every time they showed him he's just bouncing on the flagpole like that's Kalorn when he's not around Mare he's just like what do I do without Mare have a life man you have a life without Mare Yes. For real, because this is how crazy Mare is. Alright, here's here's the last part of our chapter. This is what we end on. This is Mare's thoughts. And this is when it really scares me. I'm like, ah, uh, yeah. no. Mare's a little unhinged here. I am a sword, born of lightning, of this fire, and of mavens. One already betrayed me. The other might leave at any moment. But I do not fear a broken heart. I do not fear pain. I can cling to Cal, Kalorn, Shade, to saving all the new bloods I can, because I am afraid of waking up to emptiness, to a place where my friends and family are gone, and I am nothing but a single bolt of lightning in the blackness of a lonely storm. If I am a sword, I am a sword made of glass, and I feel myself beginning to shatter. So, how did we get in that, like, maybe three paragraph thing there from I am so strong to I'm breaking down a little bit. Because it's mirror. This is this 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 little past pat section that you just read encapsulates Mare as yeah. a human being. So like, Mia, are you asking how did she go from growing up to breaking down? <laughs> I was gonna say that was <laughs> We also get the title of this book here. Right, exactly. If the title of this book didn't make sense to you until now, this there is it is. A sword that's made of glass could be pretty powerful and sharp if you hit it at just the right spot. But if you do it any other way, it could shatter into a million pieces and be completely useless. Yeah. So if they use Mare correctly and handle her properly until time to be used, she might do some damage. Until then, if you treat her improperly, yes. the whole thing could shatter, and you're left without your most yeah. powerful weapon. It's a good metaphor, it's really. Like, I'm not going to say what happens later in the books, because we know we know here, but at this point, you've got to think, okay, maybe they should try to all have come together and make a decision that maybe Mayor should probably stay back at wherever they're at, and let other people go out and do this stuff, since they're doing just fine. Right. Mare is never going to go for that. No, it's so much safer for her. Mare's over in the it's corner. It's so much safer for her. No, I can't go there. Right. No can do. No, I can't go there. She's not going to have that. She shouldn't run the show. No, she shouldn't because she is the number one target. That's Cal exactly just right. told her, Maven wants you. This isn't about new bloods. This isn't about anything it's else. It's not even about Cal. It's about collecting you and having you as a trophy. Maven at this point doesn't even care about Cal anymore. No. He doesn't. He's got the crown. He's got everybody thinking Cal is a terrorist. Cal is taken care of in his yeah. mind. He's just waiting for somebody to find Cal and kill him. But Mare, he's worried about. Right. 
He doesn't know much about her power. He knows it can be manipulated with this sounding device that he made. But, you know, he knows that there aren't things like nymphs that can stop her. She can go through that kind of stuff, you know, before they right. knew how to stop Cal. But you can't do that with Mare. No. So if they Silence were to just... are really the only things that can stop her. Right, or Silent Stone. That's about it. So, you know... I, I know what it... Every time you talk about silence is down, it reminds me of the character we're going to meet that we can't stand. Yeah. Because that ability in a red is like... I know, right? The most bad A ability, and they put it on the character that you can't stand can't the most. stand. Must, uh, Pariah Ferguson plays her. So That is... Pariah Ferguson? Uh, Erica, Erica from Stranger Things? And then we just, like, play off on the but, swarminess and make it humor. Are people going to not care that she's not super tall like Cam? I don't think you know, so. I don't really think that. Probably not. I would hope not. I don't know how tall Priya Ferguson is. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because, we'll get there. But anyway, yeah, we'll get there. We, we're getting way ahead. Way ahead of ourselves. But, yeah, so that's where we end, is Mare's giant downer pity party. Again. Yep. Yep. But at least Cal is there, and Kalorn is off somewhere getting water. Still. Mm-hmm. We think. Maybe you it's like the, the guy fixing the mailbox, and the woman across the street, the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window, who's taken like 10 years to fix their mailbox or whatever. But, yeah, so next chapter, hopefully we will get to see a little bit more of some of the stuff that's been going on, and kind of pull back the curtain a little bit to how the operation has grown while Mary was unconscious for four days. Which is a lot. I mean, you would think if Mary had any real self-awareness, she would at least have to admit that they got an awful lot done while she was unconscious. Right. Just maybe they can do okay without her watching over every single step going on. You would think... But I guess that shall remain to be seen. Yeah. Until then, guys, we appreciate you hanging out with us. We ask that you would hop over to Instagram. Give us a follow over there. It's where we are the most active, posting when new episodes drop and cool behind-the-scenes clips and pics. You can catch us on email. Email us fan art, fan casting ideas, stuff like that. It is readingwiththerockefellers at gmail.com. We have all of our episodes from season one and our quiz show episode on our YouTube channel, which is Reading with the Rockefellers. You can go to our website, which is www.readingwiththerockefellers.com, and there you can find all of our episodes available for download, our fan art, uh, let's see what else do we have over there, um, our pictures, the blog, that kind of stuff. And again, that is just www.readingwiththerockefellers.com. And we will be back next week with another discussion episode. Bye. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye.